Well, last time I was up here, I had my keys dangling from my hip, so I'm going to put them up here this time. Okay, well, uh, so every time I've been on this stage, I've, like, I've introduced who I am, and I'm like 10% sure that there's maybe one person in this room that doesn't know who I am, so I'm just going to introduce myself anyway. Uh, my name is Dalen Bradshaw. I am the local NYI president and youth director here. Um, from the time of this sermon, I am 34 days from graduating from Olivet Nazarene University. Can I get an amen? <laughs> it is. It's been a journey. It really has. Um, but it's been, it's been one that's been, it's been fun, and it's been challenging, and it's been rewarding all at the same time. Um, but so today, I'm going to talk about a little movie called Red Dawn. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Red Dawn is about this uh, group of high school kids that are in Colorado, and they get invaded by uh, the KGB, the Cubans, and the Russians, and it, it, it's a really old movie, and it's, I'm not going to lie, it's kind of dated, but I still love it because it has actors like Patrick Swayze, Charlie Sheen, and C. Thomas Howell, which was the only reason I watched the movie, because before that, I watched The Outsiders, and I loved The Outsiders. So... Uh, and at that time, I was really into 80s movies, and so it was, it was really cool to watch, and to this day, it's probably one of my favorite movies. But after I watched that movie, I became weirdly obsessed with guerrilla warfare, um, survival tactics, and, uh, well, the cornfield in my backyard. <laughs> and uh, there would be so many weekends where I would just go out into my cornfield and just scream Wolverines, because that's like the group that they're called in that movie, and it's not the Michigan team, but it's like, yeah. And so, as I was be going out there, uh, I would always, like, in that time, I would always imagine, like, if there was ever an invasion in Sterling, Illinois, uh, that I would just go out there with my airsoft gun and my arsenal of knives. And I would say that then, but now, heck no. I am way too scared of that. Um, and I still love this movie, even as an adult. There's been a remake, and it's kind of garbage, but that's my own humble opinion. But seeing all the stuff that's going on in Ukraine, it's kind of, kind of made me feel a, a couple of things. And one of them has been fear, worry. But I'd say the overall feeling of it is anger. Because I ask myself, why, why do they deserve it? Why, why is this happening? Like, does anyone ever actually deserve this? And I don't think any of us would be mistaken or have even uh, would be wrong to ask ourselves these, these things. And I think we have a lot of emotions surrounding this subject. But if there's anything that I've heard most about this whole thing, it's that they don't really like the Russian leadership's decisions. I was actually listening to a podcast somewhat recently. And these, these guys that I listen to, they're, they're nice guys. Like, they are very much for human rights, animal rights, and stuff like that. So they are genuinely pretty nice guys. But he, one of the guys straight up said, I don't think I hate anyone except the leader of Russia. And from an outsider's perspective, if you're not Christian, if you're just kind of like a ratio kind of person, that one to like a billion is kind of a decent ratio. But And we can kind of think that, oh, that's not that bad. One to a billion... But that's not what God calls us to be. And so if you would, if you could turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to start at verse 38. 
And just to kind of set the scene a little bit, uh, Jesus is on top of the mountain with his disciples. Uh, he's just given the Beatitudes, which is, you know, the blessed are those who are X, for they will inherit Y, you know, that whole kind of thing. Um, so as I said, we'll be starting at verse 38. So it says, You have heard that it is said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist him who is evil, but whoever slaps on your wrist, right cheek, on your right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let them have your coat also. And whoever shall force you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it is said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, in order that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the, on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even tax collectors do the same? If you greet your brothers only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you are to be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And see, what Jesus is kind of doing here is, his people have been told so many different things from the Jewish law. And what he's telling, what he's kind of changing or kind of flipping on them is kind of different. Um, and I think that's something that hasn't really changed. Like society tells us that we should act a certain way, that we should dress a certain way, that we should live life a certain way. But Jesus calls us to be something different, to be something greater than that. I mean, we can kind of see that society has told us that, you know, if someone hits you, you hit them back twice as hard. You, like they take from you, you take more than them. Or as it says, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But... Jesus says that instead of retaliating, that we should resist the evil person and turn the other cheek. What? One of the things that I've learned about Jesus is that he came to flip the script on the Jewish law. Uh, my The last semester at college, I, I interned at another church there, and uh, I got the opportunity to preach on one of the series that we were doing. It was called The Upside Down Kingdom. And the idea of the upside down kingdom is that when Jesus came to earth, he came to uh, flip what the entire world had been thinking at the time. And I think that's so relevant to this day is, is that God or Jesus had come to flip, to flip everything that society was telling his people that was that what it should be. Um, and so, um, so when Jesus came, he kind of, he kind of told them that all the things that they were kind of sweating buckets over. I mean, the Jewish law had like 613 laws, and that's a lot of laws. But Jesus kind of sums everything down to three things, and there's a lot more to it, but it can kind of be summed down to three things. Love God, love people, and make disciples. And when you can compare three to 613, it's a lot, it's a lot better to kind of stomach. Um, so when, when we first see that uh, Jesus is straight up telling them that whoever smacks you, to tell them, hey, you didn't get my good side, you know, uh, and that can kind of be crazy. Like we can see that as a joke, but God isn't asking us to seek vengeance, whether it's you know fighting them back or anything like that. 
Um, and we can see that Jesus wanted us to embody the same love that he was showing to his people. You know, as I said earlier, the the whole idea of compassion is that you're showing that person your that same uh, place where they're feeling that pain. Um, and Jesus asked us to do that. And I think he knew that his people would say, "Well, yeah, I can I can love the people I already love. Like that's easy." But then Jesus says, "If you love those who love you." What regard will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? You see, Jesus used kind of like the lowest of the lows of people to kind of tell them that what they're doing isn't all that special. Um, see, we're all called to be different. This comes from verses 45 and 46 when Jesus says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven, and he causes, his son to, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. And sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Let's, take a, let's kind of let that sink in for a second. Because that's kind of a hard, hard pill to swallow, isn't it? I mean, we've all seen some type of persecution in our lives, whether it's over a group or if it's affected us personally. Um, and without kind of backtracking too much, could I, could I just have you guys flip to Genesis chapter 4, verses 8 through 16? Because there's, there's something that I kind of want to point out. Um, so this kind of takes place right after uh, Cain and Abel have just given their sacrifices. And uh, if you don't remember the story, uh, Cain gives kind of less than what was all that he had, and Abel kind of gives more of all that he had. And so this causes God to, in a way, reject uh, Cain's sacrifice and um, accept Abel's. And so that made Cain kind of mad. So starting at verse 8, it says, Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. While they were there in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out for me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Uh, to be a restless wanderer on the earth and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Uh, then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who ever found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. So we can see that Cain is a man that has just murdered his brother in cold blood. And he straight up kind of sasses God. He says, am I my brother's keeper? And what's interesting to note is God's response. And he says, now you're under a curse and driven from the ground. And what's kind of important about this is that was Cain's livelihood. He made his entire life based around yielding his crops and to have that just taken away from him is basically sending him to death and 
would say that Cain's response is pretty, pretty normal. I think we would respond the same. He says, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land. I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Cain is just ready to accept death because he just realizes that there's no way he's going to be able to make his living because of his banishment from God. And maybe we're like Cain in this story. Maybe we felt that God has taken something that we are saying is our source of life and is just taken away. But then God does this. That anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. And then God put a mark on Cain. That whoever found Cain, uh, that no one who would be able to find Cain, and that whoever killed Cain would suffer vengeance seven times over. And at first glance, um, I'm not going to lie, this kind of looked like God kind of gave Cain a sweet, uh, like a wicked tattoo. But it's not like, it's not proven in scripture that it's actually a mark. It could just be more of like, a, like an omen over them. But we can, we can easily see this mark of Cain as a curse. That it's, he's never going to die. But I kind of see it as a symbol of love. Because after Cain murdered Abel, I think God knew that someone was eventually going to uh, go seek vengeance for Abel's death. And God didn't want to see uh, Cain go through any type of bad like he still loved Cain even after he killed Abel and I think that can be kind of hard for us to realize sometimes that even even the, the bad bad people God still loves and they're still made in his image and not only is this out of a symbol of love for Cain but it's also out of a symbol of love for us because when one person seeks vengeance the trail just keeps on going one person kills one person that killed another person. And this, it's just an endless, endless cycle of revenge. And it's not God putting a curse on a man. It's God uh, putting a mark to stop people from seeking that vengeance. And so in this moment, it can, it can really be kind of hard to understand why in Matthew God calls us to turn the other cheek and to pray for our enemies and sometimes we ask ourselves why like why God like why did God love Cain why does God even love the bad people and why does God allow bad stuff to happen and I don't think there's really a right answer to this but I have an answer that's pretty close I would say I like to think that when God sees this bad stuff happening to us, and he sees the bad stuff happening in the world, he's not distant. He's not silent, even though it may seem like it. I like to think that God meets us in our heart. He practices that moment of compassion. He, um, his heart breaks with us. His heart breaks for us. And so when it seems like God is silent, I don't like to see it as God being distant or God not being there. I like to see it as God's meeting me right here. God's meeting me in the struggle and in the pain. And so I entitled the sermon Warming Cold Hearts because 
I think that there's a little part of our hearts that can get cold if we don't seek forgiveness and we don't, or not seek forgiveness, but we don't offer forgiveness. And if we don't um, allow ourselves to be in that moment. And it can be really hard to warm your heart. And maybe there is something in your heart that's making you cold. Or maybe there's a situation that has some unresolved issues. And I don't know what that is. And maybe I don't need to know. But that's between you and God. And I would say that if there's anything that these two verses are showing us is that we know what vengeance looks like. We know where it leads. We know what hate leads to. And we know what these overall issues can lead to. But we have the best tool to answer all those all those questions and all the outcomes and how to deal with them. We have the best toolbox that there ever was invented. And the only thing that I think is stopping you is you. So as I kind of wrap this up a little bit, I want to leave you with this. It's coming right out of Matthew 5 again. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And that's meant to be uplifting. You know, we get we get a lot of a lot of crap sometimes for uh, being Christian and not for um, having all the all the right answers. And I think this part of Matthew is is there for us to remind us that we are blessed. So, I've got two questions for you. If there's something in your heart that's cold, how how are you gonna? How are you going to warm it up? I've given you a lot, of, a lot of ways that you could, but I challenge you to kind of go deeper with that. You know, we have, we have the greatest book in the world to help us with that, but I don't think it's a journey that's meant to be done alone. So dear Jesus, I thank you for this time that we've had together. Uh, I thank you for everything you've done for us, and I thank you for everything that you're going to do for us. Be with these people as they go throughout their week, and they, cha- uh, they, cha- they are challenged by whatever's in their path. I pray that you be with them, and I pray that you just be in their hearts today, Lord. In your name that I ask all these things. Amen.